0: Welcome to Let's Just Face It. I am your host, Raquel Kalina. It's time to address the issues that impact your lives and keep you from being who you were meant to be. Ladies, are you still hiding behind yourself or issues you just don't want to face? It's time to face them. I am here to help you face those issues holding you back. It's time to face those small fears and make big changes. Are you ready to get started?
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to Let's Just Face It, the podcast dedicated to helping women like you who have faced the darkness of abusive relationships. I am your host, Raquel Colina, and together we're going to deep dive into the unspoken truths, the hidden pains, and the unwavering strength that resides with survivors like us. In this space, I will shed light on the shadows that abusers cast. I am here to break the silence, shatter the stigma, and support your journey towards healing and empowerment. Join me every week as I will share stories, insights, and strategies to help you reclaim your life, your voice, and your power. Remember, you're not alone, and your healing journey begins right here, right now. Let's get started. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the different tactics that narcissists use to exert power and control over you. The narcissist playbook, if you will. This will be a two part series. So, watch out for next week. The narcissists use these tactics as hidden traps that can slowly eat away at your sense of self and control, leaving you feeling powerless and trapped. But, my friends, knowledge is power. And today, we're going to shed light on these tactics and help you recognize them. The reason that I'm talking about these tactics today and bringing them all out in the open is because it's different when you're walking in the dark and you have no idea where you're going. And then when you're walking in the dark with a flashlight in your hand. So today, I am handing you that flashlight. Let's imagine being in a relationship with a person that you love, slowly chipping away at your self-esteem, at your independence. You might not even realize that this is happening, maybe until it's too late. This is the insidious nature of the manipulation. It can take many forms from lying to insinuating comments to discouraging criticism, but their goal, the final goal, is to control you, to keep you from realizing your full potential and happiness. And here's the tough part. These manipulators are people that we're close to. It doesn't just happen in romantic relationships, but it can be parents, spouses, significant others. It could be friends. It could be coworkers. And it's heartbreaking when these people that we depend on become the biggest obstacles to our happiness and our success. Let's break this down. What exactly is manipulation? Well, manipulation refers to the actions taken by a person to control others, often in a false and destructive manner, and especially within the control of a relationship. Emotional manipulation, on the other hand, targets your emotions, aims to drain your energy, and destabilize your emotional well-being. Psychologist tells us that manipulative behavior often comes from toxic cycles of violence, narcissism, or prior connections in the manipulator's own upbringing. It's a vicious cycle that they might not even realize that they are perpetuating. Now you can see that this is not your fault. It's what I called a you problem, not a me problem. We all endured childhood trauma. We all have skeletons in our closets. This happened as they were developing, as they were growing from childhood into adulthood. As you can see, it's also something that is ingrained in them and not something that you could try to fix or change. Now, let's dive into these manipulation tactics. These are like the tools in their toolkit. And I'm going to start with the basics. Number one, gaslighting and lying. First of all, we need to define the difference between these two. Lying is a straightforward act of intentionally giving you false information to deceive you. When a person lies, they know the truth. They just choose to misrepresent or omit it to achieve their own goals. This will lead to avoid whatever consequences they think they have coming for them. Lying can be a one-time occurrence. It could be a habitual behavior, and this varies on the individual. Gaslighting, on the other hand, is a more insidious form of manipulation and it will attempt to make you doubt your own reality, your perceptions, and your own sanity. This involves a pattern of deceitful tactics to make you question your own memories, judgment, and even experiences. They will gaslight you to gain control and power over you by making you doubt your own reality. This way, they can manipulate you easier and maintain dominance in the relationship. This often serves as a tool to cover their abusive behavior. It's more a pattern than an isolated incident on the opposite of lying, Abusers use gaslighting so they can evade accountability, defect the blame onto you, or maintain power and control in their relationship. Now here's an example. You're sitting with your partner having dinner. He gets up from the table. He leaves his phone on the table and it flashes with the name of a woman that you don't recognize. Lying would be for you to face them and ask him about this woman and for him to say that there's no other woman, that you're making things up, but then once he realizes that you have evidence in front of you, they will just lie and make excuses as to why this happens. A gaslighting incident would be more insidious because once you tell them that you saw this, they're going to make you think that you're crazy. They're going to make you think that you're making up things to start an argument, and if you have the chance to show them their screen, if they let you access it, they're going to say that they have no idea where this is coming from, this must be a mistake, and then they're going to start turning it all around, like, what are you doing looking at my phone? There was no reason that you should be looking into my phone. This is my privacy and my property. This is an issue of you trying to find things out where there's nothing and they're going to start a whole argument based on the fact that you looked into their phone, based on the fact that you invaded their privacy and the fight is going to start to be for a different subject because it will no longer be about the text or the woman's name, but this will be about you invading their privacy, the fact that it's their phone and the fact that you're making all this up. Because even with proof in front of them, they will still deny it. They will twist it, make you feel guilty, make you take responsibility for whatever just happened. And that is gaslighting. At the end of the day, you're doubting everything that just happened. And then you end up focusing on whatever the discussion ended up being and feeling like you should have not said anything, that you were out of place, that maybe that was nothing. Why did I look at his phone? And every single action that you took, you're going to be questioning it. You're going to be doubting it. You're even going to wonder if what you saw was what you think you saw because of the way they're going to turn it around and make you change your perception to make you feel crazy. And that, my friends, it's the difference between gaslighting and lying. Number two, financial abuse. Abusers rely on controlling and manipulating the financial resources to gain power and control over you. This can happen in many different ways. They can be restricting your access to the money. They can make you beg for the money or request it, stealing money from you or making you take care of the money so they can blame you for any of the mistakes they make and make you responsible for it. Again, they will not take responsibility for their actions. This is one of the biggest ones that I have seen that keep people trapped in the abusive relationship. And that is exactly what they want. They don't want to let you work or work part time. The kids are more important. You don't need any money. The children can't be unattended. Any kind of excuse to keep you at home depending on them with no finances. And no way to get away from the trapped relationship. Number three, sexual abuse. Because you're married or have a partner, you don't have to be available for your partner 24-7. These abusers try to manipulate you into believing that you're obligated to engage in sexual intimacy on their demand. They will try coercing tactics like begging for hours whereas it seems that they're not begging but they're actually making you believe that it's your duty as your spouse or partner and you have to be there 24-7 because they have their needs and their needs need to be met. Because you no longer want to deal with this constant coercion And this constant manipulation, you give in to the idea. You give in trying to avoid the impending outburst of anger. And in some instances, these demands are restricted to specific days and times of the week, and that's when you give in. This is sexual abuse. Narcissist believes that they own you, that you are their property. Therefore, they believe that you have to be there for whatever needs that they have, whenever, wherever, and however. This is not true this is sexual abuse. Coercion is not consent. And because you're coerced into having sexual intimacy, that does not mean that you wanted to do it. Again, this is sexual abuse. I had no idea that this was a thing when I was going through my abusive relationship. And I remember having issues with myself thinking that there was something wrong with me because I did not want to engage in sexual intimacy. Come to later find out that I was not giving consent I was being coerced into having the intimacy that I was not comfortable going into. Therefore, I was not comfortable giving whenever it was required of me. But because we get so used to the idea that if we do it and we give in, they will not fight, they will not argue, we give in just to get out of that. But that doesn't take away the fact that you were coerced into it for whatever reason or in however manner and you were not giving consent. And that is why you may be finding yourself in a spot where you feel like there's something wrong with you because you're supposed to want to have intimacy with your partner and you're having issues because you can no longer connect to that sentiment. You no longer want to express yourself in that manner with the partner. You're not the problem. The problem is they are not giving you what you need to get there. Therefore, it's being required of you through abusive tactics. That is not normal. And that's why you feel so awkward and you feel like you're going crazy or you feel like there's something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. The way that they're approaching the situation to make you feel comfortable is not happening. Therefore, you're not feeling comfortable enough. You're not opening yourself enough to be where they need you to be because they're not giving you what you're needing to get there. This is not your fault and there is nothing wrong with you. I thought for years there was something wrong with me and I talked to my mother and I talked to my sister and I talked to my friends about it and I could not understand why everybody around me was having sexual intimacy and they were having healthy relationships in their intimacy and I could not connect to the person that I was with. But that is not your fault. Number four, stonewalling. This involves shutting down all communication. It can be manifested in different ways like the silent treatment, one-word answers, or simply just walking away during a conversation. This again will be for control of the conversation and they will use this to assert control over the whole conversation dynamic. This will make you feel helpless and unheard, which is their main intent. It is also used so they can avoid taking responsibility for their actions and avoid discussing things that could lead to them taking responsibility. Remember, These are not people that take accountability or responsibility for their actions. Stonewalling can also be very insidious because it undermines healthy communication and it's used to isolate you emotionally. Over time, it can eat away at your self-esteem and confidence and it will make you increasingly dependent on him. It will also prolong the cycle of abuse by preventing any kind of resolution or meaningful conversations. I remember that At some point, I got used to the idea of in the middle of a conversation, especially if it was on the phone, I would just hang up the phone because I no longer wanted to deal with the conversation. And I realized that I got this from him because during our fights or conversations, he would shut me out. He would walk away or pretend he wasn't listening and just give me one word answers. So I became used to the fact that because I didn't want to deal with the conversation and I would hang up the phone. It's something that I became so used to doing that I had to actually work at it so whenever I got mad, I didn't hang up the phone on somebody else that wasn't him. But it was because I was used to cutting off the conversation whenever the conversation meant something to me and feeling like my voice was unheard, taking away from my self-worth and eating away at my sense of self every time it happened. This is not just the silent treatment, but it is surrounded around this type of abuse. Silent treatment is also considered physical abuse because your brain reacts to the silent treatment in the same manner as if you were actually getting hit. It works in the same manner, therefore it is considered physical abuse even though they're not laying a hand on you. But your brain understands it in a different manner and therefore it is very ill-intentioned. Number five is future faking. This is a tactic that involves making false promises or painting an enticing future. This involves making false promises to the point of painting the picture to gain trust, compliance, or even emotional investment. This will rely on a facade of benevolence and commitment, which will make it easier to maintain control over you. By offering you the promise of a better future, they think that they can keep you hopeful and emotionally invested in the relationship. They will make it less likely for you to question or resist a kind of abusive behavior that you might not even be realizing. This can also be used as a constant promise of change, postponing their accountability and exploiting your vulnerability and a desire for a positive outcome. In future faking, you can see yourself building a future with them. You can see and picture yourself in whatever they have promised, whether it's marriage, a house, children, or anything else that would paint a picture of a brighter future. So you depend on this because you're seeing it in your mind and you're moving yourself into that future. The more you think about leaving him, the more you're going to be thinking about what if I get there? What if I leave and somebody comes after and gets whatever I wanted to live with him? What if he's always making promises that he's going to build his own business and you're thinking, what if we get out of this financial hole and I will actually miss it because I will be leaving him? You're not thinking about what you're going through right now, but you're only living in the picture that they're painting for your future. All these things that may be talking about that would get you to be a part of, you will see it in your future and you're thinking that everything will be better when you're in that future because you're going to have these things. But in the long run, you're just wasting your time because these things will never come and that is future faking. You keep seeing yourself in a future that is never going to come, but you fear of leaving because they might be a better person, either emotionally, mentally, financially, business wise, or any kind of positive outcome in their future. You start to live in that future version that you're imagining and that they're promising, and you forget the place that you are right now because of the future promises. Number six, triangulation. He will bring another person more often than not, as a romantic interest, but even perhaps a platonic friend. This will be in order to create a discord, confusion, or simple jealousy. He will enjoy the attention, whether negative or positive, and may even let the triangulated individuals know of each other so they can fight for his attention. Sometimes the triangulated victims might not even know that they're being used to manipulate one or the other. Worse still, a narcissistically inclined person May triangulate someone that they're not even in contact with anymore. So they bring another person into the equation, whether it's real or not, to make you feel jealousy, uncomfortability, make you feel like you're less than somebody else. For example, you might be in a relationship where he's always saying that his ex did it this way, that she would never complain about such things, that she liked things a certain way, or always trying to compare you to this other person to make you feel like you're smaller and make you feel like you have to fight for the relationship because you're not good enough. This will keep you on your toes trying to be better person or trying to be somebody that you are not just to be in competition with this other person that might not even exist. My daughter's ex-boyfriend used to do this to her and now that he's moved to somebody else, he's doing it to this new person talking about my daughter. So this is a cycle. And you might not even know about this other person or this other person might not even be real, but they're bringing somebody else into the equation of your relationship to make you feel like you're not enough, like you're incompetent, to make you feel jealous or to make you fight more for the relationship. Number seven, they will disrespect and cross your boundaries. They have no respect for your boundaries, doing whatever they please, regardless of your objections or morals are often cutting you off from speaking up or making positive changes. Narcissists thrive in crossing and disrespecting your boundaries because, again, they believe like they own you so they should be able to do with you whatever they want. But that is one of the reasons why number one recommendation when starting your healing journey and discovering that you're with an abusive or a narcissist, it's always to start setting your boundaries. Abusive people like narcissists can't stand boundaries and they thrive on crossing them. When you start creating your boundaries, the only people that will be against it are those who enjoy crossing them. So it's very important in your healing journey that you start learning how to create boundaries and how to make people apply them and show respect towards you. These are just some of the tactics narcissists and abusive personalities use and this doesn't even get to scratch the surface. This is a two-part series episode. Look out for next week's episode so you can keep learning about these abusive behavior personalities and you can do your part to protect yourself knowing what's going on in the relationship. I didn't know that I was in an abusive relationship until I left and I know there's a lot of women out there that are going through the same thing and I want to help you understand what you're going through. You might not know that it is abuse, but once you start learning and moving forward, you're going to be able to manage it better until you can start planning your exit strategy and finally leave your abusive relationship. It is important that you understand everything that you are going through because that will help you during your healing journey. Which brings me to an important announcement. If you or someone you know is on a healing journey from narcissistic abuse, I want you to learn more about the Rising Strong Society. If you're tired of feeling trapped even after leaving the abusive relationship and you're longing for guidance and support in your healing journey, that's why I created the Rising Strong Society membership program. It's designed to help women recover and rebuild their lives after abusive relationships. The program offers mentorship and guidance to help you not only heal, but also learn from your experience and make sure this doesn't happen again. I understand that everybody's journey is unique. And that is how you as a founding member can help create a different experience. From masterclass videos, mindset videos, book clubs, community, and much more. The community provides a safe space where you can connect with other women who are going through similar experiences. The sense of belonging can be incredibly healing and reassuring. This is not just another program. This is a continuing membership that you get to be there month after month after month. And because I realize the situation that you may be in, it's only $19 a month. And now through September 7th, you can unlock a special bonus offer of a one 30-minute one-on-one coaching session. But hurry, because spots are limited. To learn more, just go to raquelcolinacom forward slash membership. I will be putting the link in the show notes so you can easily access it. Keep pushing forward because we will rise together, my friend.
0: Well, that's all for today, and thank you for joining Let's Just Face It. Remember, facing small fears can lead to big changes, and you have the strength to face these small fears and break free from manipulation derived. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next time. It has week. been a pleasure Love being with you here today. As always, thank you so much for joining us, and remember that you can share this episode with your friends and family. You can subscribe so you can get notifications when the next episode is up, And you can also review the show so you can help us reach more people. Thank you so much. Hope you have a blessed week. Take care. Bye-bye.